Up is down, black is white, and brown is yellow. No one could have predicted this San Diego Padres season. And Javier Reyes has his jester hat on, so you know this is going to be a normal episode. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast we talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you look at, look at my lower third, you can call me Sully. I'm an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for over a decade now. It's my fifth season at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram, or follow me. I'm your pal Sully at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And this happens to be another crossover episode. And wearing a hat of great dignity to the right of your screen is the mm-hmm. dear friend of the podcast, Javier Reyes, how you doing, buddy? Um, look, I'm hanging in there um, as one does during these summer months. Summer, of course, the most overrated season, as we all know. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been even worse this year because the pods are, I, I mean, you just said it. Like, I still have my jester hat on. A hat that I've been wearing since after they lost two out of three to the Royals, who there could be made a case are actually worse than the A's. And after and yeah. before that, they got swept by the Dodgers. I've been wearing it ever since then. And I believe that the only thing I had asked for, the only thing, was I would stop wearing the hat once they reached 500. They have not done that. They refused well, to do that. You saw the hat on. <laughs> exactly. They, I still have the hat on. And look, man, it's just been, it's been really rough. I will say the whole, you know, no one could have seen this coming. I actually think they might find some Padres fans out there. And then you'll find some Dodgers jerks. But yeah. a lot of Padres fans are like, no, we're just used to this team finding new ways. I mean, that's San Diego sports in general, it feels like. I, I've said this before. I've said it again. I know you don't like me saying this. <laughs> I have called San Diego Buffalo by the sea. The, mm-hmm. the, the sadness of the San Diego fan is the most underappreciated sadness of any sports fan. Them. Mm-hmm. that they've lost teams. I think one of the worst things you could do to a fan base is to rip a team away from them. They've ripped the Chargers away mm-hmm. from them. They've ripped the Clippers away from them. The only time the Padres have won the World Series was in the made-for-TV movie, The Kid from Left Field with Gary Coleman. And that doesn't count. Um, they, they find new creative ways to lose. And they have the agony of Buffalo. They have the agony of, you know, pre-LeBron Cleveland fans or pre-2016 Cub fans or pre-2004 Red Sox fans, but they will never get the credit for it because they're in San Diego, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. So because some people equate fan sadness with having to shovel a driveway in the middle of winter. Um, Let's just talk a little bit, though, because, by the way, I was at the Mother's Day game at Dodgers Stadium, and I was... There, that was when the Dodgers completed their sweep of San Diego, and it really wasn't much of a game. If I remember, oh, wow. it was five nothing or six nothing. It was just sort of it yeah, was just there, I'm and there were a sure bunch of Padres two in one of the games. Yeah, I think in one of the games they scored yeah, two. But it, I believe it was the blown Josh Hader save. 
if I'm not mistaken. Oh, well, this was not a save. The Dodgers jumped up early, and then just the Padres were never really in it. Okay. Then it and wasn't that game. This yeah. is the mother. It was a Sunday game and my birthday on Mother's Day. And I remember looking around, and I saw there were a lot of Padre fans there. There always are during a Dodger Padre game. And there just was a sense of this glass eyed, what just happened? What, how did, how are we here? And of course, at that time, the Dodgers were not in first place, and they're still not in first place. And as of this recording, um, the Dodgers are a playoff team, but they're in third place looking up at San Francisco, who is only two games back in the lost column out of first. And I know we talk way too much about, you know, when Millard's on the show every week, so we talk too much about the Diamondbacks. But here we are. It is going in My by, the, by the end of this week, it will be July. And all things are pointing to mm-hmm. the Diamondbacks are going to enter July in first place. And the Padres are going to enter July with a losing record. And to quote Steve McQueen at the end of the film, The Sand Pebbles, what the hell happened? That's a deep cut, by the way. I went oh, Sand man. Pebbles. It's a 1960. <laughs> it was. It was. That's a Look, 1966 I mean, you do that every time. Movie. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> 1966 we do this every time, yeah, but it's I like know. it's funny when I'll bring up like, yeah, I'll bring up like Ginny Baker from Pitch and be like, that's literally the best like outcome for a Padres prospect pre Tatis mm-hmm. ever, and then you'll get that. But then you pull something out from the 60s, I'll, I, I I can't help you. But um, and yeah. everyone go check out Boulder a minute, uh, great pod, love love doing that for a while. Yeah, and, with you. and, and um, Javi was a great guest on it. Look with the pods, it's. It's a coalescence of a lot of things, I think, with them um, in general, uh, which I've been talking with with Millard about this year. Is there's been a lot more disappointing this teams this year. Um, if you just look back at say, yeah, like last oh, yeah. year's teams that were good to this year, the 2021 teams that were bad in 2022 is basically like just the White Sox uh, as in terms of disappointing teams. You know, what I mean, like massively underperforming. Right this mm-hmm. year, it's Cleveland. It's the Padres. It's the Mets. It's the, the Cardinals, Cardinals, right? It's some people might even say the Mariners. So, like, oh, it's yeah. been it's been kind of a wacky season, right? Like, yeah. I guess th- that's one comforting fact. Maybe is just that like Padres fans aren't the only fan base that's yeah. suffering right now. Literally, just turn on New York talk radio, and you will be treated to just the purge on, on radio. Like, it's just incredible yeah. stuff oh, yeah. right now. Um. Well, I mean, I mean, with that in mind. Ahead. I just mean mm-hmm. to I mean to step on you because I want to just focus on this for a second here. Mm-hmm. When you take a look at this, is if there's going to be a, a, a ray of hope for San Diego fans here, it's mm-hmm. that the teams that are at the top of the West are not exactly juggernauts. They're mm-hmm. teams that are playing over their head with Arizona and with San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about teams that play over their head is sometimes like the law of averages come back and, you know, the, the you know, yeah. and ships are righted, you know, cause there's still half a season to be played. And yes, Arizona is playing because they have those two great pitchers at the top of their rotation and they've gotten some timely hits. And San Francisco is basically the team that they were, um, you know, they're playing like the team that they were a few years ago. I don't think they were as good as the 107 win team, but I also don't think they were as bad as a 500 team as they were last year. I think they're somewhere in the middle. I think this team is the team that's somewhere in the middle. But with that being said, 
And, you know, if you, you talk to a, a Met fan about anything, you would say, hey, uh, how's the weather today? You know, the Braves had a losing record at this time in 2021. They're, <laughs> they're saying it like a mantra. Um, the, Padre, yeah. the Padres know that some of the wild card spots, the three wild card spots right now, Los Angeles is occupying one of them. Los Angeles is going to make the playoffs. We all know that. But Miami and San Francisco, while both good teams, are not exactly juggernauts, and neither are the Diamondbacks. So if there is a team that's primed to have a disappointing second half of the season, it very well may be one of the very teams that San Diego is pursuing. Look, I will say I buy into the Giants a lot more than most folks on our network. I also buy into the D-backs to a certain extent. Um, the D-backs big problem has been their bullpen, and that's the strength of the Padres. But I really think that San Fran, unlike two years ago, they're not getting like blow-up performances from like old guys like Crawford and mm-hmm. Brandon Bell and Darren Ruff. The guys this year, I feel like a lot are younger and a lot more legit, like your Lamont Wades, like your Tyro Estrada. So I actually think it's gonna keep, and I don't think it's just wow, everyone had a career year for us. I think this is actually like a pretty sustainable thing for them. And we'll see what they do at the deadline and with their farm system and whatnot. D-backs. I actually think the D-backs could fall a little bit more than the Giants. I'm just so high on the Giants. I just think that they're great. But uh, the Marlins, that's a team that I think Padres fans should look at. The run differential isn't great. Minus 15 right now. Padres mm-hmm. have managed somehow to be plus 31 and lose all their games anyway. Um, yeah. It's Miami is just one of those teams that you're just not all that scared of. And I, I mean this with the most love. Arise has been just the the sublime example of not just reading stat cast profiles, like and that it doesn't tell you the whole story. He is the perfect example of that. And it's awesome that mm-hmm. Miami's good. Kim Ang and company have made some really good moves over the offseason. So I love that for them. But yeah, if you're the Padres, it's kind of been for us solely. It's been what I've been preaching on my pod is their defense is among the best in the league, their bullpen is among the best in the league, and so is their starting pitching. Literally all yeah. they have to do is cobbled together an average, I'm not even saying good, average 16th ranked offense the way that they were, say, last year, especially when it comes to runners and scoring position. And the difference between last year and this year is you have like four MVPs in your lineup. So in theory, that shouldn't be that big of an ask. But so did I tell you, did you know that this month that in, of June, this lovely month of June, the Padres are fourth in WRC plus with their offense among all teams, and they're first in team ERA. Right. And they've gone 11 and 11. That's that's like, yeah, that's- it is literally as simple as that. They cannot drive anyone in. They look like losers when people get on base. It is actually, I've joked with other people, walk all of their batters and you will do better. Do not pitch to Tatis with the bases empty. Pitch to him when it's bases loaded. Or Tatis is a bad example. He's actually been good. But Jake Cronenworth. Uh, Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, walk the people in front of them and they will do worse. That is literally what has happened this year for them. And it's infuriating. Well, that's a strategy thing. And we're going to talk strategy (laughs) and managers right after we hear a little bit from eBay Motors. That's right, folks. We're talking eBay Motors right here and right now. For a championship team, and that's what the Padres want to be, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. Are they the perfect fit? I can't quite tell you right now. 
but it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can make sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop at eBay Motors and with over 122 a million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and, of course, exclusions apply. All right. Hey, we're here hey. with Javier Reyes. That was smooth. Hey, um, <laughs> that's great. You know, when the Padres brought in Bob Melvin a couple of years ago, that's when Bob, that was the first moment when I think every A's mm-hmm. fan thought, oh, we're moving, aren't we? Yeah. And Melvin mm-hmm. took one look around and said, like, yeah, uh, if it's okay, yeah, can well. I go? Can mm-hmm. I go? Can I scram? Um, yeah. I, I, I've always been a bo- big Bob Melvin fan. I thought he always mm-hmm. did a wonderful job getting more out of less from Oakland. So he's come to San Diego is getting less out of more. I don't know um, uh, what's happening here. I, I can't – obviously, he got him into the league championship series last year, yeah. which is a positive thing. Got him, got the Padres to within three wins of, win, of winning the National League pennant. Um, but the pieces, like you're saying, they're having tremendous pitching. Their offense has been solid for the last month or so, and yet they're something. The Rubik's cube is not fitting. Now, some of it yeah. may be just fortune. You know, like the Marlins are winning because those balls are dropping in. I had Peter mm-hmm. Pratt from Locked On Marlins on last week to talk about the London series. We also talked about oh, me, yeah. the Marlins. Mm-hmm. The Marlins are in a playoff spot and they're having a lousy season from Sandy Alcantara. Can you imagine if they <laughs> yeah. were getting a good season from Sandy Alcantara? But um, let's talk a little bit about the pieces not quite fitting. Um, we're not mm-hmm. doing another eBay Motors read, but um, what is the thought on Melvin and what and what is there? Is he under any pressure at this point? It is the biggest question that Padres fans have. Um, it feels like it all came to a head last week against San Francisco when yeah. they had two straight walk-off losses. Um, I think, and I, I talked with someone else on my show, his name's Mark uh, DeLuke, and he was pointing out that he actually thought that it was weird that they brought in Josh Hader late in the ninth inning for the second walk-off loss rather mm-hmm. than not using him the night before and – my vibe on it, you know, he put in a lousy reliever, Luis Garcia, who had been excellent last year, devastating sinker, um, or I should say slider, but he has been awful this year. And he brought him in and he's like, we're trying to get him going. That's just the type of manager he is. He wants to get his guys some confidence boosts. Some will argue, how about do that when we're up 10, blah, 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 whatever. I would argue our best bullpen arms weren't available. And Josh Hader's a free agent after this year. I'm not going to begrudge him, and it's nothing against his ability if he's like, I don't want to pitch a third straight day. I don't mind that. I, I think that that's perfectly fine. And if maybe the Padres would hit with runners on base more, we wouldn't have to worry about only relying on Hader to close out one and two run games, right? 
So for me, right. Melvin deserves a lot of criticism for sure. There have been some weird decisions back in the day with Oakland. Jason Burke would tell you this of Lockdown A's great pod, by the way, lately, everyone should go check it out. He's been doing a great job mm-hmm. covering everything that's going on there. That the one weakness against him was some of his bullpen decisions. Not crazy, right. but that was one of the weaknesses. And that's what kind of happened last week with San Francisco. And as a result, everyone's been freaking out. They need to fire Melvin, but I just don't, it's so rare that I feel like firing managers or coaches is the solution rather than it is a symptom of the higher up. And you know me, you follow me on Twitter. I have tweeted about him for years, begging for him to murder me in increasingly gruesome ways after every move. But I really think it's time to start looking at AJ Preller. Um, You know, this, this tweet coming from Nick Lee uh, on Twitter, Padres record under AJ Preller. 591 and 681, which is a 465 winning percentage. All right, you might say, oh, they were rebuilding. Okay. The record since signing Manny Machado in 2019 is 312 and 312. And the regular season record since acquiring Juan Soto is 66 and 68. At some point, I don't know if this is manager. I do think that the players need to come through. The runners in scoring position thing is inexcusable for the type of talent you have. That's just like like learn to hit please like i don't know what melvin can do yeah. there but you also wonder he's president of baseball ops are they bringing in the right training staff are they bringing the players enough data to be able to adjust for runners in scoring position are they get because there's too many players that join this team they either stay as good like your sotos like your machados right or they get worse there were and maybe joe musgrove being the lone exception very few players come to san diego and get better even get if it's better. a little tiny bit better it just doesn't I want to happen. Adjust a couple. so when that want... keeps happening consistently it makes you wonder is this right. a talent thing or is it an up above thing and not getting the best out of your talent i'm i'm up here in the bay area for the next few weeks and i was watching the giants uh padres series i only watch the padres when they're having absolute gut punch games having that whole indiana jones and the temple of doom ripping your heart out moment um yeah, uh-huh. the uh um <laughs> i remember watching the game when Hader came in and the game ended on the bases loaded walk and Peterson, you know, the, the, the game before was the one where you it's turned to the Mike Yastrzemski show. Uh, like he hit the home run to put him on the board. He scored the tying run and then he hit the walk off in the, in the extra innings into the Bay. But that next game was the one where Jock Peterson I, I think he's still fouling off pitches from Hader. He just kept fouling and fouling, <laughs> fouling and fouling him um and then the ball four and i you know what i can't blame you know melvin for that particular moment they had to win that game they had that they had to have a sense of urgency because then you know there was a four game series and they were about to have lost the third game of a four game series and and said we got to at least have give us a chance to split for god's sakes and 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 you don't want to do it with your 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 best bullet still in the chamber, and I I've said it before I've said it again there is zero excuse for losing a game on a bases loaded walk zero if you're a major league pitcher and Josh Hader is if you're you know you know three balls two strikes two outs and you know excuse me. Had a little cough there. Um, lop it down the middle of the plate. The worst thing that happens is he hits it into the bay. 
He could pop up. He could ground out. Someone could make a diving stop. He could take it. But if you walk him, that's the end of the GD game. And I I can't blame Melvin because he actually pressed the right button at that point. And at some point, it's got to come to, you, you know, you made the point. Yes, you have to have the correct data. Yes, you have to have the right, you know, you have to give them the right, you know, put them all in the correct positions. And, you know, I was here when Melvin was managing the teams in the postseason. There were a couple of head scratchers that he did bullpen wise. But, I mean, it wasn't Grady Little, for God's sakes, you know, and it was. And that game, all right, we got to win this game. And Hader can't throw up, you know, can't lob a, you know, just lob it down out of the plate. If you hit it out, tip your hat. But it's just so deflating. You know, at least the night before, Yastrzemski hit it into the bay. And you can tip yeah. your hat to Yastrzemski and say, well, the guy hit it into the bay. But if like, oh, mm-hmm. ball four. Now yeah. you've lost the series. Yeah. You know, you're trying to win games, especially the teams that you're, you, you don't have as many head-to-head games with the division. So there's a sense of urgency to win those head-to-head games. You got swept in Los Angeles, and you dropped three out of four in San Francisco. That's not great, Bob, to quote Mad Men. I'm going to keep throwing as many references as I can. Oh, dude, I love it. It's great because I usually could get at least a decent amount of them. Not um, great, Bob. Yeah. You, yeah. you summed it up. You summed it up. It's just kind of... That's the way it's been all year. Um, and, and while I do wonder, should you have brought Hader in for the whole ninth? Like, if you're going to use him, use him for the whole ninth. Yeah. And maybe you don't have the people on base to begin with. But for me, it's just been like, guys, it's not a coincidence that everyone comes here and this isn't as great. Right? Xander Bogart's the most consistent bat, dare yeah. I say, next to probably Mike Trout. In baseball, consistent. I'm not saying the best. When no, there are I get other what you're saying. I'm a, there, I'm a Red Sox fan. Right? I get it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this guy comes in and can't slug the ball anymore. And part of it is a wrist issue, but that I didn't personally but know had, about. But he had, like, the, but he so had the wrist issue that guy in 11 years. Yeah. He, and he, he had the wrist too, issue yeah. in Boston too. So it wasn't like he, it, you know, he wasn't like he heard so what's going on. Ping pong. I don't know. Maybe so he comes here and for whatever reason, do they not have the right training staff? Do they have it? That's the way I'm looking at it because yes, I know the players have to perform, but at some point, when it's every star ever that comes to your team, it gets worse or stays the same. What's going on? Who are you hiring? What's the what are the resources available? You can't just only spend on an eleven year contract for Xander Bogarts and not address everything that's around you. People I know that know prospects will text me out of nowhere at like in the dead of night and be like, "Bro, there's this raised dude I've never heard of in my life, and they have him throwing one o two now." It's not yeah. a coincidence that the same teams keep finding people. I don't think it's right. just finding people. I think it's that they give players support. Obviously, there are some that I think would be great anywhere, like a Juan Soto and a Tatis. I think those guys can just be great anywhere. But you have to start looking at the team context and the organizational context where you're like, it's not a coincidence that Cleveland, Milwaukee, L.A., uh, both are – well, Dodgers specifically, definitely not the Angels uh, – Like. Like all these teams, the Astros, like Hunter Brown or whoever it is right now, like there's a reason this keeps happening. And it's because those organizations seem just better equipped from a staff standpoint. And you got to look at AJ Preller and be like, are you not hiring the right people? And if you remember the athletic piece that dropped a couple of years ago, um, back when they had their collapse, that kind of detailed some of those issues. And it's coming back to haunt them right now. 
we're going to talk a little bit about one of the stars who has been heating up. Juan Soto got off to a horrible start this year, but he's heating up and playing kind of like Juan Soto. Uh, before we do that, I do want to bring up uh, the last trivia question that I threw out there. A couple of you did get it right. Uh, uh, surprise, Craig Brindle once again got the trivia question right. Uh, so did Restonique, who was, uh, by the way, that's how you pronounce it. I mispronounced it the last time. And I believe uh, Lazy S. Cowboy did as well. The trivia question was, Reggie Jackson wore number nine as a member of the A's and Orioles, but he could not have number nine when he went to the Yankees. Uh, so he famously changed his number to number 44 for Hank Aaron. But briefly in spring training, he wore another number. What number was that? And the names I just mentioned pointed out that he briefly wore number 20. Number 20 was in honor of Frank Robinson. And Frank Robinson hmm was uh, was a obviously a great Hall of Fame player, but also managed Reggie in the Caribbean League in the offseason, back when Stars used to go and do that. So briefly, he wore an honor of Frank Robinson and then switched it to honor Henry Aaron. So good job, all that. We're going to have another trivia question at the end of this episode. We're back with the Joker himself. We're back <laughs> with a court jester. This is a locked on MLB, locked on Padres, basically NL West uh, review here. Now, Javi, Juan Soto did not get off to a good start, and this was people were starting to wonder: is this uh, is this going to be the phantom menace of uh, acquisitions? But for mm-hmm. the last uh, fourteen yeah. day, for the last fourteen days. Juan Soto, this is according to baseballreference.com, it's in the greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. Um, you know, he's for the for the season, he has slashed uh 273 average, not bad, uh 425 on base and a 502 Woo. sluggy, which is a, a 927 OPS. That's his full season, over 77 games started. That ain't bad. That's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. But for the last 14 days. He has had a 357 average, a 517 on base percentage, and a 714 slugging, which goes to a 1.2 uh, 1.232 OPS over a two-week stretch. So um, at least for the the month of June, Juan Soto looked in the mirror and said, Hey, that's Juan Soto. That's me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and has played like it. Uh, he should probably bring said mirror, hold it up like Jerome in Morris Day in the Time during uh, Purple Rain, and hold it in front of. I'm going deep today. Holding it, holding it up like Jerome to Xander Bogarts and to Manny Machado and to Fernando Tatis and to Josh Hader and to everyone else, and say, uh, you know. Oe oe oh, and uh, let's go, Padres. <laughs> but Soto Soto's been Soto's has been doing his end of the bargain. I've never gone that deep on a purple yeah. rain cut. Um, but Soto's been holding up his <laughs> end of the bargain uh, for the last month or so. Mm. Yeah, and it's there are players that are performing well in the Padres. Like, make no mistake. Like Tatis, considering that he was suspended. And had an injury has been pretty incredible, and, and a big part of that has been his defense. But at the plate, he still has some some things he's working out. Still swinging at not still, but like he's swinging at literally every pitch this year. It's kind of insane. 
But Soto, I mean, he just had a really rough month, right? Like a really bad opening month. I think he got in his head a little bit with the lineup spot, maybe with the pitch clock stuff. But yeah, he's been incredible. And 3.2 F4, that's up there among major league leaders. Like he's been, or 3. Point, yeah, 3.2 actually. He's been really good there. Um, one thing that's unfortunate is that it seems like the 400 on base mark is something that everybody is kind of down to go for this year, whether it be Acuna or, uh, you know, Yandy Diaz or Lamont Wade Jr. of the Giants, who's been incredible. But just one, one quick thing on Soto is he is striking out a lot more. Now, he's totally making up yeah. for it because of the walk and because of the slugging. He's totally making up for it. Yeah. It doesn't matter in a vacuum. But just to, to point towards my point about how in some way every person who joins the Padres can get worse, right? Like he's got a 20.8 strikeout percentage, which isn't bad. I must emphasize, this is not bad. He's still walking 20% of the time, too. But considering his lifetime average is 17%, it's just something to look at, especially, you know what I mean, to be like, why is he, even he found a way to not be as good on the Padres? So that's one thing. But aside from Tatis and Soto, I mean, Hassan Kim, really good player for the team, and I'm not that mad at him because he's not expected to be the superstar. But basically, absent Tatis and Soto the numbers with everyone in runners with a uh, scoring position is awful. I'm pretty sure Cronenworth right. is hitting like 160. Xander Bogart's 170 around those ranges. Yeah. I'll look them up uh, in a minute, but it's just, it, that's what's so funny about this team. When people look at it with the aforementioned, um, you know, the pitching, the bullpen, the defense, and then you look at the numbers in a vacuum, you're like, well, they got like four MVPs. They should be able to make up for it. It's like, well, situational hitting is awful. As I joked about earlier, it's better to literally walk people and face uh, Manny Machado and Xander Bogarts versus face them with the bases empty. Um, but it's it's been one benefit. But now oh, everyone's wait. wondering, by the way, just to, to put a bow on it, since they've been so bad, do they have to trade Juan Soto? That's that's the new question that everyone's wondering. That's how bad it's been going for us, Sully. We're already no, wondering. I don't think you do that. I don't think you do that. I don't think you do that at all. I think that you 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 sacrifice Mackenzie Gore and a bunch of other good quality players yeah. to bring in someone like that. You you didn't do it for one stretch run. He wasn't a rental. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, uh, the last couple of starts for Blake Snell have been very good. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Snell has You're found under one. Yeah. Snell. Like I've noticed that, that he's been, he, when I do my who owned baseball, I see that Blake Snell has been popping up a mm-hmm. few times. Um, the pitching has not been the issue. Uh, no. And you know, and, that that one crappy game in San Francisco, notwithstanding, Hater's been solid too. So, I you know what I I I do wonder. Um, and it's funny because this is a team that has brought in, um, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, and Xander Bogarts in the last few years. So when you say they need a bat to spark this team, it's like how many MVPs do they need to bring in to spark them? Maybe they don't need an MVP. Maybe they need like a, just a solid hitter, like you know, a guy who doesn't who isn't an alpha dog. You know, it's I don't have a name off the top of my head right now, um, mm-hmm. but like you saw the other day, I'll give you an example though. Like the other day, the Angels acquired Mike Mustakas, and you mm-hmm. know, a veteran who's been there, done that. They're not asking to be the superstar. They're not even asked for a full year. Just like, do you want just? fill in our first base hole and be a major leaguer with a world series ring. And you know, that we know can, you know, we can, we know has been there, done that. 
And I liked that move because it was an inexpensive move, but it was also like, we're going to patch this hole with someone. And you, you will see players sometimes on a new team where they look up and say, oh, I'm not on a crappy team right now. There's a reason to wake up and go to the ballpark and you they'll have like a little burst of energy or something like that. I wonder if the Padres need that just to sort of, you know, pick up a player who's floundering on Kansas City or Oakland and say, hey, you know, come over here. You know, you're, we're not asking you to be the star. Just be, just don't be an out. And when you talk about that situational hitting, yeah. I mean, the best thing of all the, the sabermetric reasons to not fall in love with Luis Arise, the reason why plugging him into that lineup worked was they needed a guy who could hit. They needed a guy who was not an out in that lineup, and they found a guy who was not an out. And look at that. They're winning. Maybe the Padres need a guy who isn't going to be a great You're a situational hitter. You know, you'll set up, you'll set the table. And, like, the greatest example I can think of that where a team picked up a player who was good but really became someone who just was a spark plug and became a League Championship Series MVP – that year was when the Giants picked up Marco Scudero in the 2012 mm. season. And that was, there were a lot mm. of big trades in 2012. And the Marco Scudero mm. from Colorado was like, well, I guess, yeah, they needed some depth in their infield. They, yeah, they needed that. Yeah, it's a nice plug. But Scudero, who was a quality player, was that spark plug. He was, he kept rallies going. He didn't make dumb plays in the field. He was a steady veteran. And then later when they beat St. Louis in the league championship series, he was the MVP. And he was the player who always was in the middle of every rally. And they Mm -hmm. need, the Padres need to find their Marco Scudero out there Mm -hmm. to just be not the star, because Scudero wasn't the star. The, The Giants had, Freaking, you know, you know, Sandoval in the World Series and Posey and all of them, but they needed that one guy. They said, "Keep him moving. If you need the, if you need a, a ground ball yeah. hit to the second baseman to move the run, like he did all the smart things that none of the stars are the Padres are currently doing right now." So that's a great point. I think Scooter is a great comp. Uh, like, hey, you know, just just thinking about it, it's just like, hey, Andrew McCutcheon could have been anybody's. This past season, don't get me wrong. He's having like a, a much better season, I think, than a lot of people expected. He's like a trade deadline, like yeah. super like he might be the most valued like bat uh, for potentially getting at the deadline. If the Pirates, you know, want to get rid of him, um, they just need someone who's OK. They need well, your 100 to overall WRC plus guy who will move the runners and he's not going to strike out on a dumb pitch. He's not going to pop up a ball into the infield when the bases are loaded with nobody out. Right. Just solid. Instead of being well, what the what the Padres have done under Preller, which is like only looking at the now and who's a star, Adam Frazier, right? Remember when that trade happened, where it was right. like that guy is overperforming. I don't think that he's, you know what I mean? It's like be a little hipster with your takes. I want everyone to trade for Luis Robert and all these stars out of Chicago and whatever, and for the Padres to pick up like, like uh, I, I don't even know, like some random guy because well, that would at least show me like there's it's an inspired choice right that maybe they're trying to get well, more think out about of what, I don't know. think about what mccutcheon has in 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 common with scudero they're both solid players obviously mccutcheon had a very uh, had a higher peak when the mvp one year they yeah. also have super high baseball iqs they're really smart mm-hmm. players and they know what to do in those situations so they need that person with that that baseball iq off the charts 
that will, you know, suddenly you're not scoring two runs a game, but maybe you'll score four. And with that pitching staff, those extra two runs may be the difference there. So I don't know. I don't know. But there's time. And the two teams, the, the teams you're really pursuing, San Francisco, Arizona, and Miami, all of them are fine teams, but none of them are juggernauts. And there's still, what, 85 games to play? So, you know. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. I don't know, man. Like, oh, man. Do you need a hug, man? Do you need a hug? I, I might. <laughs> I might need on, a man. hug. I'm losing Come on, it. man. Come on, man. Give me. Get in tight, buddy. In tight. Come on. This is it. I got you. I got you. I got you. Hey, uh, uh, let's. Uh, while you're crying, um, uh, let's do today's trivia question. I decided to do a Padres one. Uh, you okay. mentioned Fernando Tatis Jr. a couple of years ago, 2021. He led the National League. Now, you can't answer this, Javier. You can't answer this. This is for if you know the answer, be the first one to send it to me either in the YouTube comments or at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, or Locked On MLB Pods on both those platforms. So Fernando Tatis Jr. led the National League in home runs in 2021. He was the second Padre in Padre history to lead the league in home runs. Who was the first? Who was the first San Diego Padre to lead the National League in home runs? That is your trivia question. So send it to me on all those platforms. Javi, great to have you on board. Your first time during the regular season this year. Hopefully next time I see you, you won't be wearing the Jester hat. Um, uh, tell people where they could follow you on this lockdown, and it'll be lockdown Padres crossover. Uh, yeah, these days feel like I'm tweeting less and less about the Padres for my personal account because of reasons outlined in the show. But you can still check that out at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And for Padres stuff, at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter. And then... You can check out the YouTube if you want to see my hat, Lockdown Padres on YouTube. And you do, and you've been killing it on YouTube and everything. And you, and I've already said all of our platforms. So there you go. You don't need to go do through the, that you. again. <laughs> if you got to this point, you know how to get a hold of me. Talking about the always calm and predictable San Diego Padres <laughs> with the even keel and emotionally balanced Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. This has been the Lockdown MLB Lockdown Padres crossover. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.